Well, there's a story that goes, um, it was a beach scene, and there had been a, a storm or, or kind of a high tide that uh, uh, hours before, and there was an individual walking on the beach, and there were thousands and thousands of starfish just scattered all over this uh, beach. And the guy was concerned about these starfish, and he started walking along this, the shore and picking up as many starfish as he could and tossed them back into the ocean, hoping that they would live. And uh, there was one person watching this man frantically do this, and he said to the person rescuing the starfish, don't bother, you're just, you're just wasting your time. And he thought about that, and he picked up another starfish, and, uh, you know, he threw that out into the ocean. Um, and he said to this guy, well, that's one difference I will make. You know, the, the other guy thought he wouldn't be able, he wasn't going to make any difference at all. And, uh, and folks, we're talking about making a difference. We're looking at uh, the 72 that Jesus calls out. And, you know, there are people all around us that are without hope, uh, in need of some encouragement. And, and Jesus wants each and every one of us to make a difference. And not to listen to the lie of the enemy that says, don't bother. What difference is it going to make? You know what? The time that we spend with someone who hurts, who needs our time and attention, that is one difference you and I can make for eternity. So if you have your Bibles, I want us to look at uh, Luke chapter 10 this morning. Luke chapter 10. And uh, Jesus is calling out the 72. Now this story is very similar to um, Luke chapter 9, the beginning of Luke chapter 9, when Jesus sent out the 12. So it's a little bit of a re- repeat, but uh, it involves 72 this time. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 16 this morning. The Bible says this, After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. For when, whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into, into its streets and say, even the dust of your town 
Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. And I tell you, it will be more tolerable, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears, hears, hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him, sent me. Seventy-two. Seventy-two two missionaries, followers of Christ, that we know nothing about. We don't know their names. And yet Jesus says, go before me into the cities that I am about to go and share uh, the fact that the kingdom of God is drawing near. Now, is it 70 or 72? Uh, Of the manuscripts that we have, about 50-50 of the manuscripts, 70, uh, half of them say 70, and half of them say 72. So we don't know exactly what the number is, but it really doesn't have any bearing on uh, a doctrinal issue, but uh, this is uh, this is just what the texts say. But uh, the seventy-two are only found in Luke's gospel. Uh, we find Jesus sending out the twelve, the disciples, the apostles, in uh, Matthew and Mark, but you won't find the sending out of the seventy in either or seventy-two in either of those texts, and the question that arises, why why did Jesus send out 72? What's the significance of 72? Well, um, uh, theologians will tell us that uh, this was the number of known nations of that of this time. You read Genesis chapter 10, uh, there's 70 nations listed in uh, chapter 10 of of Genesis. And so this could be a representation of Jesus taking the gospel to all the world. This gospel isn't just for the Jews. It is for everybody. And this is the emphasis of Luke's Luke's gospel, that uh, the gospel is for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And so here we see in this text that these 72 are preparing the way for Jesus, who is now going into the southern area of Israel. He's been in the northern part in Galilee for the first part of his ministry, and now he's he's going to um, southern part of Israel. And these these seventy two represent him, uh, similar to John the Baptist, preparing the way of the Lord. And he gives them instructions. Now, as we look at these instructions, these instructions apply to 
to um, um, these particular missionaries. Um, they aren't necessarily instructions for you and I. And what I want to draw from this morning are the um, t- timeless principles for the followers of Christ today. Uh, instructions that we see specifically for these 72 aren't necessarily instructions for you and I today, but there are significant timeless principles that I want to talk about in this text. The first uh, instruction Jesus gives his 72 is that they are to travel light. Uh, They are not to take uh, anything with them. In verse 4, Jesus says, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, greet no one on the road. They are not to take anything with them. What does that mean? Does that mean for us as followers of Christ? Jeff preached about this uh, a few weeks ago because these were similar instructions for the 12 as well. Does that mean that we're just to sell all of our belongings and just uh, and, and go without, live an impoverished life and have nothing in the name of Christ? Again, these were specific instructions for these missionaries. Um, if you'll go to another text in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, uh, he gives his disciples a different in, in, uh, set of instructions. Um, in verse 36, he says, But now let the one who is a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. And so um, he's telling some disciples to go without for a period of time, and then he's telling his followers at the end of his ministry, now take these things along. Again, so these instructions um, in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 9, apply specifically uh, to these missionaries. Um, but the timeless principle is this. Jesus wants us to trust him completely in what he's asking us to do. For these missionaries, they were to leave all their belongings, just take what they had on their body, that was it, and go and heal and preach that the kingdom of God is near. What he was basically telling them is, folks, you just need to depend upon me. Don't depend on your resources. Depend on me. And they did. They went and they depended completely on Jesus. And if you go back to Luke chapter 22, verse 35, Jesus asked them at the end of their ministry, he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, We lacked nothing. God, Jesus, you provided it all. Jesus was wanting to teach them a lesson, and Jesus wants to teach us a lesson, follower of Christ, that we must be completely dependent upon our Lord and Savior. He will provide. To be a follower of Christ, we must 
trust him completely. That's a hard lesson to learn, isn't it? Especially in this first world country, when we have so many things at our beck and call, so many things at our fingertips, that we don't trust Jesus. Jesus wants us to trust him fully and completely. Not only we see this, this, this principle, but then Jesus also says in verse 4, um, 10 verse 4, the last part he says, and greet no one on the road. Greet no one on the road? What does he mean by that? You know, some Christians, I know some Christians make this their life verse. You know, they refuse to greet anyone. They, they, they come across as if they've gargled that morning with battery acid. You know, they have no personality. There's, there's nothing. They're just rude. They're not pleasant. They don't greet people. And, and so they use this as a theme verse. He says, greet no one on the road. What's the timeless principle here? The timeless principle is to stay focused. Jesus has given them an assignment. And as they're going to the area that that God is leading them, what that means is they're not to get caught up in meaningless conversation that will consume their day and get them off track. They need to stay focused on the instructions, the the message that Jesus is giving them. And and the reason why they need to stay focused is because their task is urgent. I mean, they are preparing the way of the Lord. They don't have a whole lot of time. They don't have time to waste. And so they need to get to their destination and follow the instructions that Jesus has given them. That's hard in our day and time as well, isn't it? There's lots of things that can distract us. And I think a huge distraction, I'll just be honest, a huge distraction for me is my phone. I don't have it in my pocket right now. (laughs) You know, but I'm always on that phone. And that is a huge time waster. What am I doing on that phone? Oh, I'm checking Facebook. I'm checking my email, see uh, who's uh, sent me an email, how I need to respond. And, you know, I miss out on a a relationship with others. I miss out on my relationship with the Lord because I'm focused on other things. As followers of Christ, the principle is we need to stay focused on fact that we represent the kingdom of God and we need to share with others that the kingdom of God can draw near to those around us just as it has drawn near to us. Stay focused. Number three, verse seven. Jesus says, and remain in the same house. Once someone has invited you into their house, he says, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborers deserve his wages. Do not go from house to house. What's that mean? Timeless principle is this. Guys, be content. 
when someone invites you into their home, remain in that home. They've shown hospitality to you, and be grateful for that. Don't go to this house and then and then look around for where the opportunity might be greater. And you just go from house to house and the bigger house, and if they invite you in there, then you can stay there. No. Remain where you have been invited. Be content with what God has provided you through this person of peace. Eat what has been set before you. Be a person of contentment rather than looking for bigger and better opportunities. Fourth thing Jesus says is in verse 2. says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What he's telling you to do is pray. You're going to be my missionaries, and as you're my laborers, as you are going out into this field, you need to pray for additional harvesters. The the missionaries, the laborers, are to be praying for more laborers. The field needs more workers. As you pray, Jesus says, you need to be the answer to your prayer. Don't look for others to be doing the harvesting, but pray that you will be part of of that harvest. Be an answer to your own prayers, but pray. Why do you need to pray? Because the fields are white unto unto harvest, church, and we need as many laborers as possible. If you're a spectator in our church, if you're just a, a casual observer and you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're not involved, shame on you. God wants to use each and every one of us. Be a part of the laborers. And then the fifth uh, word of instruction that Jesus gave these followers was go in pairs. Don't do it alone. Why do you need a partner? The reason is Because we are lambs going into a community of wolves. And the wolves want to eat the lambs. Folks, when it comes to ministry, can't afford to do the ministry by ourselves. Two are better than one. When one's down, the other can pick the other up. We can have each other's back. Folks, we need encouragers. We need partners. We need to be in pairs. Ministry is never to be done alone. Ministry is to be done in a team with someone else. And so those are the instructions, and those are the timeless principles that apply to us today. And then Jesus goes on and says, those are the instructions. Now, what's your message? What do I want you to do? 
Verse 5. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Speak peace. And and the word peace is more than just a greeting. Um, for the Jew, it would have been shalom. It's, it's more than in just a greeting. It's bringing the kingdom of God to that home. Their message is that the kingdom of God, Jesus and his ministry, the Messiah, the anointed one, is here. And they are preparing the way, and they are speaking peace. And the message that the kingdom is coming, and if the person is um, receptive to this message, who's looking and longing for the, the Messiah... And they embrace this messenger. What basically the messenger is saying is, peace is going to come upon you. Peace is going to come upon your household. You have the opportunity to have peace in your life. Christians, that's our message too. The only person who can bring true peace and harmony into a person's life is the person of Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 14, verse 27. It's not in your handout this morning, but John 14, 27. Just write it down, and I'll read the verse. Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, Neither let them be afraid. You can trust in Jesus. Jesus is, gives us the peace that we're longing for. You have that peace? Friend, that peace doesn't come by being distracted by the ways of the world. I don't get my peace by watching Fox News. I get stressed out by watching Fox News or CNN or the San Francisco Giants when they lose. You know when I get my peace? When I don't have my phone, when I'm not in front of my computer, when I've got the Word of God, if I'm anxious in my heart, I need an encounter with God. Television isn't going, kids aren't screaming in the background. It's just a quiet moment with me and the Word. And God speaks through His Word to my situation. That's not a coincidence. That is not an accident. That's an encounter with him. We have the ability to know God's voice. And peace can come in. Peace calm the storm. It's only through the person of Jesus Christ. 
These 72 representing Christ are going into these communities and they're looking for people who are receptive to the peace. You're not going to argue someone into the kingdom of God. As we go and we are mes- and we are messengers of Christ, Christian, look for the person who hurts. Look for the person who needs a friend. The, su- the successful, the arrogant, the obstinate. Jesus says, "Don't waste your time." Don't ignore them. Wait for life to throw them a curve. But if they're not receptive to the gospel, go find someone who is. And there are a lot of people around who need peace. Church, we need to have our antennas up. Sensitive to those. And share with them the good news. That the kingdom of God can come near to them if they're just willing to believe. So speak peace. And second, Jesus says, heal and preach. Heal and preach. And and when these seventy-two went out, when the twelve went out, oh, there was there was there were miracles taking place uh, among Christ's followers here. I mean Supernatural things were occurring. And folks, God wants to work through our life as well. We have the ability to bring healing. It may not be supernatural healing, and yet if God wants to do it, he certainly can. But as people hurt, as people tell us their story, they're in need of healing. We have the ability, the opportunity to pray for them. Maybe they may not want us to pray for them right then or there, but we can certainly say, well, I will pray for you. But ask for an opportunity as they tell your story. Stop. Can I pray for you right now? And you'll be amazed at what God will do through that simple prayer. And don't tell me, well, pastor, I'm not you. I'm not a pastor. God hasn't called me to to preach and do those things. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus has given you that responsibility. These 72, they were just ordinary people. We don't even know their names. That God used them and they were available. And God wants to use you with the people that hurt around you. You know what? You could have a far more significant ministry in their life than I could or any of the other pastors of this church because you know them. You're their friend. And you need to be Jesus to them. Jesus says, I want you to heal and I want you to preach. Preach the good news of the kingdom of God. I'm coming. Kingdom of God is drawing near. Are you receptive? 
Are you willing to receive him? And then we see in this passage of scripture that uh, the message uh, demands a response. Jesus is looking for a response. In in this passage, uh, Jesus says, if they reject you, you need to wipe off the dust of your feet and go on to someone who is receptive. And if they reject you, don't take it personally, friend, because they're rejecting me. Look at verse 16 of Luke chapter 10. Nevertheless, do not rejoice or, I'm sorry, verse 16. And the one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him, sent me. Don't take it personally. They're going to reject me. They're going to reject you. Don't spend a whole lot of time with them. Just go ahead and find somebody else who's, who is receptive the gospel but this this gospel demands a response um, it's interesting what Jesus says in this text uh, verse 15 it says or verse verse 12 it says I tell you it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town You know that there are um, different levels of suffering, of judgment in hell. And what Jesus is saying to to these missionaries is those who reject uh, your message, it's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah in hell than it is going to be for these. Why is there going to be greater judgment on Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum than there's going to be on Sodom and Gomorrah, or Jesus also mentions Tyre or Sidon. Sidon. Why is there going to be stricter judgment on Bethsaida and Chorazin Capernaum? Because they rejected Jesus personally. Jesus was in those communities and he did supernatural things. And their eyes, these people witnessed these things and they rejected Jesus. And Jesus says there's going to be greater condemnation in hell for these than there were, there will be for those entire Sidon. The principle is this, with greater revelation comes greater responsibility. That's a strong message for us, church. We're the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, we we know more about Jesus' ministry than these 72 do. And there's going to be a stricter judgment on us than there will be on those in Bethsaida and Chorazin and Sidon because we have even greater revelation than them. 
we have a responsibility. The message demands a response. Jesus wants us to go and share the good news that the kingdom of God is near. And if we'll just believe in the person of Jesus Christ, we can have the peace of his kingdom. You can write this down. There is stricter judgment for self-righteous people. The self-righteous, orthodox person is more repulsive in God's sight than the idolatrous, immoral person. You know, the people of Sodom, the people of uh, Tyre, Sidon, they were the bad people. But their judgment is not going to be as severe as the self-righteous who reject Christ. Capernaum, Bethsaida, they had seen Jesus do supernatural things and they rejected Jesus. Capernaum thought, boy, they're on their way to heaven. But Jesus says this in verse 16, or verse 15, he says, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down Hades. Jesus is intolerant of self-righteous. Church, we are all in need of the gospel. Every single day, we are no better than anybody else. We all need Jesus, and we can't afford to reject him, to ignore him. To think that we don't need him anymore. We always need Jesus. And if you don't think you need Jesus, guess what? You're going to miss out on the blessing. The 72 went to people who didn't think that they needed Jesus. And so they just wiped off the dust of their feet and they went to find someone who needed Do You need a blessing this morning. We're all in need of a blessing. How do you receive the blessing? Number one is this. Be a blessing to others. Be a blessing to others. These 72, they went out. They followed Jesus' instruction. They spoke peace. They, 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 they healed. They preached. The kingdom of God was near. And guess who got the biggest blessing? 72. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to come back and look at this text. They come back. They come back blessed. They come back enthusiastic. Look what God did among us. They received the blessing. You're looking for a blessing this morning? Are you in a ditch emotionally or spiritually? Be a blessing to somebody else. Stop throwing yourself a pity party. It's not going to help. Who needs encouragement around you? Who can you pray for? 
As you focus on others rather than yourself, guess what? God's going to bring you out of that ditch. How can you be a blessing to others? One is Vacation Bible School. There's still opportunities to serve this week. Let God use you to just bless those children or to encourage a mom or dad who's dropping off those kids. There's plenty of opportunities through Vacation Bible School. We have a ministry in our church called Touch of Love, where folks from here go and visit those who can no longer physically come to our church because of age or health. You can go and you can just sit down and learn their name, learn their story, and pray with them and think that you're blessing them and you can leave that house walking on cloud nine because God bless you. That happens over and over again in people's lives and we need touch of love ministers. You know, there's, there's some weeks where we don't have any volunteers going out and delivering the message and the bulletin and the prayer sheet, uh, blessing these folks. And they are at home 24-7. You could be a blessing. You could receive a blessing through the Touch of Love ministry. We have a mops ministry on... on um, Thursday mornings. To, is it Thursday mornings? Mops? Uh, twice a month. We have overwhelmed mothers who are just looking for conversation and fellowship. And you could be a mentor mom to some of these young moms who, who just need some encouragement and conversation. And you could be a real blessing in their We have youth, junior high and high school that need volunteers, both on Sunday morning or or Wednesday night. God could use you in their lives as they struggle with all different kinds of things that are going on emotionally and spiritually with them. We're going to be starting a Be the Church ministry on Wednesday nights in the fall where we want to feed the impoverished. We're going to start with the neighborhood right across the street here. But uh, we hope to fill up our dining hall on Wednesday nights. And, and uh, we want to see home groups uh, rotate through the connection, uh, kitchen and provide meals for the poor on Wednesday nights. But we're going to need uh, people at the various tables just to hear their story. And let them know that we're here and that we care. And Is there anything beyond the meal on Wednesday night where we can meet that need as a church? God could use you in that area. There's plenty of areas where you could be a blessing. And as you stop focusing on you and start focusing on others, we're going to receive that blessing. I promise you. And the second way that you can receive a blessing this morning, if you're looking for a blessing, is believe God's kingdom of peace. That can come to you. My friend, you're not going to find that peace on your own. Moses couldn't deliver the Israelites by himself. He had to believe the promise of God. Gideon could not defeat 
the enemies of Israel by himself. He had to believe the promises of God. Elijah could not silence the prophets of Baal. He had to believe the promise of God. Believe, my friend. Not just for your salvation, but for your daily walk. Believe what God says. You will receive his peace. He can calm the storm. Dependence. Dependence on Jesus is the objective for God using us. It's only in our weakness. It's only in our nothingness. Being completely dependent on him that we'll know who God is. And we will see God work in our life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the timeless principles of this text. And these opportunities, Lord, they're available to all of us here in this room. These were ordinary folks that you used, that were excited for you to for for you to use them. And they got the biggest blessing of all. They saw you work in other people's lives. Jesus, I pray that you would encourage your followers in this room. If they are struggling, Lord, God, you know their need. And I pray I pray that they would cry out in their weakness, not in their strength, but in their weakness. It's only in our weakness, Jesus, that you will make us strong. Christian, are you weak this morning? Don't try to hide it. Tell them. Receive his peace. Shut out the distractions of your life. Get alone with him. Believe the promises of his word. Jesus, I thank you that on the cross... You did it all for us. And it's only by your blood that it enables us to be here today. Help us as your people to depend completely on you. Not only for our salvation, but our daily existence. That's the gospel. We give you praise for it.